Hi, I'm Landon, and I'm chatting with Spirituality and Self-Love in the Modern World podcast. Yay! Hi, Landon! Hello! Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you for inviting me. Um, it's always fun to sort of meet new people and do these podcasts. I really enjoy it. I miss you so much on the show. How have you been? What have you been up to? Um, well, mostly I've been in California. I got my uh, real estate license reenacted out here. So I've been working in real estate. Uh, also, like everybody else, sort of been locked up this last year with COVID. So finally starting to crawl out of all of that and, um, you know, get things going, but it's sort of hard in the middle of summer. I feel like everyone's away. I keep trying to get stuff going and then things start and stop and start and stop. So I'm just going to sort of enjoy summer and uh, take it easy. How was your 4th of July? It was really, really fun. It was, we had fireworks all weekend long and spent most of it at the beach. And it was just great with a lot of friends and family and had a really nice time. I'm feeling a little like in slow motion though today, just still coming out of <laughs> all the festivities. I need to get back to working out and not eating all day. <laughs> Where did you celebrate 4th of July in LA? Um, yeah, I was I was in LA, mostly at the beach in Santa Monica. Uh, went to a couple of friends' houses for dinner and stuff. It was pretty low key, but still really fun. How often do you go back to, is it, Charleston? Mm -hmm. Yep, Charleston. I actually was just back two weeks ago. Um, oh. But, you, you know, when it's not all this COVID stuff, I usually go back and forth, uh, you know, almost every other month. So I still, you know, have some work there and both of my sisters live there. So um, I'll always be back and forth to Charleston. So I know that you are in real estate right now. How did that happen? Have you always been a real estate agent before filming? No, well, before filming, yeah, I was a real estate agent. and um, But I kind of got in through, through interior design. I was working for a big real estate developer. That's and we so did like cool. hotels and restaurants and stuff like that. And then um, ended up getting my real estate license and then went into residential sales. Um, I would love to get back into more of the hospitality side of it just because I really love, you know, having restaurants and fun things like that that people can come to and open the doors to everyone. With the residential stuff, it's, you know, it's just for one family. And, you know, a lot of the times those families are pretty private. So there's never even like photographs or anything. So it's nice when you have something that can be open to the public and not just so private all the time. What do you mean residential as in the people who are selling the houses don't want um, the interior to be photographed? Yeah, well, in residential, that means it's somebody's house. So a lot of the people that I work with are really private and they don't want like photographs of their house everywhere and things like that. So it's hard to, you know, uh, kind of promote some of my designs when it's at sort of hidden away places I'd much rather do you know the boutique hotels and things you know of that nature where you can open up to the public and have you know be more of a destination for people to come to why in Los Angeles over your hometown 
Um, well, I've been back and forth, you know, for 15 years now. So, but um, I moved to Los Angeles initially to for work. Uh, I worked with Philippe Stark, and his U.S. office was based out of L.A., and so that's how I kind of came to Los Angeles. <laughs> I stayed at one of his buildings before through Airbnb in New York. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was in the financial district, Wall Street. So a lot of my friends was wondering, why am I, say- why am I staying in the middle of Wall Street where there's nothing going on at night? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's a Philip Stark building that I can get for $90 a night on Airbnb. Yeah. I would What's the name of that hotel I'm blanking? I, that was um, before I worked It's not a hotel. It's an apartment building. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's a residential building, but somebody is renting it out and they're not Got supposed it. to rent it out. So they tell you, hey, when you check in. Yeah, you're friends with somebody. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I forgot what it's called, but I bet I could find it for my it's okay. <laughs> Airbnb. And so... Yeah. Why this career instead of something else? Uh, well, actually, I went to College of Charleston and I majored in historic preservation of architecture. So ah. I've always kind of had an interest ah. in this. And my family's in real estate. My mom actually, you know, did some interior design work. I grew up on a little island that's basically um, kind of a resort and it's a hotel. So I've just always kind of liked being in the hotel world and in hospitality and um, art history. And so art history is what sort of led me to um, architecture and then to historic preservation um, in Charleston because all of those neat old buildings and homes and those were our classrooms. So it was really an awesome um, major and um, I love it. So, you know, walking around Charleston today, I, you know, I can see the whole history of the town and how it's kind of evolved and grown. And even now it's having a huge boom and there's tons of buildings going up and a lot of things getting restored. And it's really nice to see, um, you know, a lot of money is coming into Charleston right now. And um, it's really great. Are there high rise buildings in Charleston or is it Um, more? Yeah, no, in the downtown and the historic district, nothing can be over four stories. So essentially 40 feet. Um, but uh, on what they call the Upper Peninsula, um, there's some buildings going in there that are a bit taller. And there's a few buildings that are, you know, maybe 19 or 20 stories, but um, they're not in the historic core. But, um, you know, it's nice to see these sort of high rises and stuff going up because it makes housing a bit more affordable and, you know, more people can enjoy the city. And what what advice do you have for people who are looking to get into real estate? Um, do your homework. <laughs> I'm like constantly on, you know, whatever, all the different apps. I'm with Angle and Volkers um, out of the Beverly Hills office, and they have great, um, you know, technology and the the app that they have I use all the time to you know I'm constantly looking at what's coming on the market what's sold really get to know the area where you think you'll be working the most Um, and then also most of my clients come from friends and family or you know I've gotten a lot of random ones too from when 
I have a listing and you have open houses and people can just come and, you know, a lot of the times they don't have an agent. So that's a great way to meet people. Um, and when I was first getting started, I was, you know, would assist and would work under bigger agents and help them with their open houses and, you know, go set up the signs on the street so you can find where to go, get all the food that was catering. You know, it's a lot of work goes into it. Um, and I kind of think the best way to learn is to work with somebody who's been in the business for a long time. Um, I even, when I was in college, I interned with an architect. So you just kind of start learning how kind of the office environment works, getting to know people and, you know, the city with doing architecture, having to get, you know, site plans approved and drawings approved. So kind of starting to understand how the city works, because all that stuff eventually comes into play when you're, you know, buying and selling property, you have to have all kinds of inspection reports and all kinds of stuff. So the more you kind of know that and understand that, um, the easier it is to work through, you know, some of the problems that arise. Have you ever thought you would be on TV? Um, you know, I just never really thought about it, to be honest. It was just something that got, just kind of happened. Um, you know, the first time I was on TV was with The Hills, and that's when I was working for Philippe Stark. So he, you know, I was just at work one day, and then there's like a camera crew and just did my job. Like, I never really thought about it, you know, um, especially with The Hills. I was on it for like one second of a second. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, but, um, you know, even that small exposure, I think in some ways, you know, made Bravo think like, oh, well, she's kind of done this before. Maybe she would be good to be on Southern Charm. Um, and, you know, I had grown up with everyone kind of on the show. Not everyone, but a lot of them I had known from way before the show. So it, it was always really natural and we were just good friends. And um, it just, I never really thought about the element of being on TV until I actually was on TV. And then, you know, with social media and everything now, there's just so much, uh, like negative energy and yeah. kind of like stuff I wasn't prepared for. You know, when we made this show, it's just us. And like you become great friends with like the camera guys and the sound guys and the light guys. It's like I always say, I don't know if you ever did like plays in the summertime, <laughs> but I was like always in theater group and school. And it just reminds me of like doing a summer play. It was like, and then when it's on TV, it's a whole different ball game. And <laughs> it's yeah. just, um, I wasn't prepared for the audience interaction, I guess. I mean, a lot of it's really good. I don't want to focus on the negative because that's such a small part of it. And most of those people like have their own issues that have nothing to do with me. Um, but, you know, there's also a lot of really great things has come for it, from it. I mean, it's definitely helped my real estate career. It's helped me with my interior design. Um, because of social media, I've gotten to do a lot of collaborations with companies that mm -hmm. I respect and have been, you know, really excited to work with that I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to work with had it not been for the show. So um, for all of that, I'm super grateful. And, um, you know, like anything, it has like a full circle moment or you learn from the bad things and you take from the good and you just kind of keep trucking along. <laughs> I know that you went to college with Shep, right? Who else do you know originally? 
Um, I actually didn't go to college with Chip. He went to the University of Georgia, and I was at oh. Charleston. We were in college at the same time, and I have a ton of friends. But then he's a little bit older than me, a couple of grades above. So when he finished, he ended up living in Charleston, and we lived like a couple doors down from each other. <laughs> but so he was friends with a lot of my friends that went to Georgia. I actually grew up in Georgia. He went to Georgia. He grew up in South Carolina and went to Georgia. So we like switched states, <laughs> but then all ended up back in Charleston. Um, I also, I knew Whitney for a long time. He, I knew him from out in LA. I, I knew Naomi. Um, oh. I'm trying to think who else is <laughs> on the show. Austin? Um, Austin, I didn't meet um, until he came on the show, which was a few years after we'd been doing it. But um, he and I uh, hit it off right away and we're great friends and, you know, still are. He's a real fun guy. What is your what is your relationship status right now? Um, I'm in a relationship. <laughs> I have been for a while. I just kind of keep it private after everything with the show. And I just, gotcha. you know want to um, have that separate from my sort of, I guess, public life, you could say. By the way, how come you started at season two instead of season one? Um, season one, I was actually living in Aspen. So I wasn't in Charleston uh, when they started doing the show. And I had actually watched it um, when I was living in Colorado. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so much fun. Like, it kind of made me homesick, you know, I seeing know. Charleston and, um, you know, all my friends. And so when I went home for Easter around, you know, April or whatever it was, and it was just fun to see all of them. And then they started filming, I guess, in July or, or something that summer. And so I was around and they you know ended up being on the show so it was it was really fun and um moved back to charleston uh during that summer and never really looked back you know i mean no one really knew even doing season two no one had any idea that it would be the hit that it is and it's been yeah, so fun to watch and uh, i think they're going into season eight which is just like so wild that this has been going on for you know almost 10 years because <laughs> they it was a couple they filmed the pilot you know a couple years before it was actually on tv oh so you know they're going and then there was a kind of a year of a delay with all the COVID stuff. So, yeah, I mean, Southern Charm has been going for almost 10 years, which is just wild. Yeah, I was kind of shocked to see Whitney because I actually saw his documentary, Ultra Sweet, on Netflix mm -hmm. before I saw him on Self and Charm. The, the only reason why I discovered Self and Charm was because I was at South by Southwest and they were running the reruns. Uh, uh, Self and Charm on TV, and that's oh, no how I got, yeah, and that's how I got to know about it, and that's I've been obsessed ever since. But I was shocked, you know, because I thought he looked really familiar, and so <laughs> I don't know where I stumble and I put two and two together. Oh, this yeah. is the same person. <laughs> yeah, I am assuming then is this this show was not commissioned by Bravo. Um, well, it is now, but when Whitney did it, you know, he, um, you know, did the pilot and all of that. And then they He's the one who did this? Yeah, he created the show. He's one of the producers. <laughs> yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, so that's why it's so neat. It's, you know, it's really like, 
all of our, like a show that all of our friends created, you know, Whitney was, you know, thought like, oh, it'd be really fun to do a show about Charleston. It's so like bizarre here. Um, Cause you know, he'd grown up in New York and abroad and his mom ended up buying the house that she's in now, which actually used to be the library for Charleston. Um, it was also a hospital like during the war and um, that house has a really, really neat history. So that's how Whitney kind of ended up in Charleston. And then he was like, all these characters are just like wild, but you guys, we need to make a show. Oh. And then someone introduced Whitney to Thomas and then the rest is history. <laughs> and Whitney, so, so season one was Whitney's production. Season two is, was Bravo's production, um, correct? No, it's all, oh. you know, it's all Bravo. Once it was on Bravo, it was, you know all bravo so it was whitney just kind of came up with the idea and put it all together and um you know that's kind of how a show gets started <laughs> and how did you get connected after you moved from aspen back to they were all my friends i you know went home and ha was have you know having dinner with like, chef I and join the show? Chef. yeah so it was just just i connected by just going home <laughs> cool and how did they choose Cameron to be the person narrating the show? Um, you know, it's because she already had like a big following and an audience from doing Real World. And so initially the show was supposed to be called Southern Gentlemen and it was supposed oh. to just be all the guys. Um, but then they added Patricia and then they wanted another woman who was sort of like the voice of reason to all these wild boys. <laughs> and um, then that's how they found Cameron. Gotcha, gotcha. And and um do you keep up with the new Southern Charm seasons? Um I, I haven't watched a lot of them, but like I you know, I've known Vanita for five or six years now. She's um a good friend of mine, so I love seeing her, you know, get involved with the show. I've been trying to get her on for years and she was always like, Oh, I don't know, I don't know. And now just to see her really like be on there and like her presence is so commanding and I love how open she is. Um, and she, I think is a great addition to the show. Same with Leva. Um, I've known her for quite a while too. I mean, just as long as we've been doing the show, I met her then. Yeah. Um, a lot of the places we filmed were owned by Leva and her husband. So um, got to know her sort of that way. And then Madison, I've known for a really, really long time too. Um, my sister actually um, works at a salon and, Charleston as well so they all kind of like know each other and Madison's done my hair for forever too and you know I think she's just a little firecracker <laughs> what um why did you leave the show I just um it I didn't it was going in a direction that I just didn't feel that I had any kind of part of that narrative um you know they I had moved back to California before they said we were going to do another season. And then when they went to do another season, I was still in California and, um, you know, they just wanted something more fresh. They knew that I wasn't going to probably make any drama and I wasn't interested in, you know, having a romantic relationship with Thomas. And it just, it didn't seem like there was anywhere for me to go or, you know, it just didn't seem to make sense to be on the show anymore. And I just kind of, you know, like I talked about before, some of the like social media backlash and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, I just, 
also like the storyline and things with Catherine, I just didn't feel were right. And I didn't like being a part of that dialogue. Um, and, you know, also throughout, throughout the show now, like, you know, we've gone through this like Me Too movement that, you know, all, all kinds of different things. And it's just, I didn't feel that um, it was sort of representing the way that I want to be represented. Um, you know, it's it's fun for the boys, but for the girls to be running around and kind of doing the same thing or, or not even doing the same thing, I just didn't feel comfortable um, in the positions I had been put in. And what was the reaction of your friends when you tell them that you're not going to renew the contract? <laughs> they were thrilled. They were like, thank God, enough is enough. Why? Why are they thrilled? No, as oh, as in like uh, the not not your castmates. How? What was your reaction of the castmates? Oh, they totally understood. Um, you know, I mean, after I left, all pretty much all of the girls have left now. That's why they have kind of all new girls. Oh. You know, so it was everyone completely understood why I was leaving. There was no question. I mean, I'd be happy to like go. Like if Shep was having a big weekend or something like that, like I would happily, you know, go to an event and film, but I'm not interested in being like a storyline, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of pressure. And also you're basically having to live like a whole year of your life in basically 90 days. And it's just, it, you know, it takes a mental and physical toll on you. And I just, you know, I just turned 40 and I want to put my energy in a different direction right now. And what are some of the scenes that are manufactured that are not real, but everyone thinks it's real? Honestly, all of it is pretty real. Oh, <laughs> I think that's why, why it's such a great show, and I think that's why it's lasted so long, um, is because it is authentic. And they've actually, in my opinion, toned down some of the arguments and fights and things. Um, you know, there you're still being censored, and there's networks, and there's things, but there's a lot of things that happened that were left out and stuff like that. So I, um, you know, I think the show is very honest. You know, no one, to my knowledge, was ever like given a script. It was all very, you know, uh, I say it's like situational comedy. You know, you knew that like, oh, we're having dinner at Patricia's, or we were doing this, or we were doing that, and you know, you have to dress the part and and show up but that's also just like kind of normal society in Charleston <laughs> you know there's always some sort of ball or party or even that part is you know it's real <laughs> what are some of the things that were left out or censored that did not make it on tv um gosh drawing sort of a blank right now it wasn't that it didn't make it it was like sometimes it was just spun a little differently You're like well that didn't quite happen like that but whatever I see why you would want to up the drama <laughs> um and you know for the also it's we film so much and you can only do so many episodes so it's like they could make you know there's probably 15 episodes or something but they probably have enough footage they could do 20 or 30 episodes you know but um it's just they kind of pick and choose and put the story together as to you know where they think the most entertainment lies do you hello are you there yeah can you see yeah. me hear me yeah do you have to give production as a schedule of what you are doing for the day or 
do they just show up at 8 p.m. and leave? Uh, do they show up at 8 a.m. and leave at 8 p.m.? Um, it's all really different. So, yeah, we definitely give them, like, you know, I had my work schedule and what I have going on in my my life. And then they would say, you know, like, sometimes we would do overnight things, like the time you went to Key West or stuff like that. So then you definitely get a schedule because we're, you know, usually flying together, staying at you know, whatever resort together, there's dinners and all of that. So it's, it's, I like getting the schedule just because then I can plan my outfits, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but also, you know, the other thing is, is then you would host things like I, you know, would have little dinner parties or when I had, when I was doing my online magazine, we would have, you know, little launches and dinners and stuff all the time for that, which was really fun. And I loved doing, um, and, you know, or, you know, Shep and Whitney, when they lived together, they were having barbecues at their house all the time. So we were like always out at that beach house. And so you, it's still kind of what you would do anyways, but you maybe like brush your hair and wear something a little nicer than you would normally wear when you're just kind of hanging out, you know? What do you think is the most controversial thing that happened in the show? Well, I mean, just all of the drama with Catherine and Thomas and, you know, all of that. I definitely think that's the, that's the hook. <laughs> and that, how is she, are you in touch with her right now or, or no? No. <laughs> and how shocked were you when you found out all those stories about Thomas? Because I'm assuming that you have no idea. Well, I still, you know, I was shocked by all of those stories, but also, you know, I don't know what the truth is. Mm. And so I, you know, I don't know what to say or what to do when it comes to all of that stuff. You know, I mean, there's been all kinds of court stuff and you can dig around and read whatever media you want um, to find something good or bad. So all I know is that, you know, Thomas has always been a really good friend to me. and. Um, I, you know, that's really all I know to say, you know, it's unfortunate, all of these things and allegations and, you know, um, but, you know, it's tricky when you get into this business and, and the spotlight and all of that, there's people coming from all directions and not everyone is good or has good intentions, not to say he's like a saint by any means, yes. but I just, um, you know, you you have to be very cautious of who you're around. And I think he uh, maybe let his guard down a little bit too much. You share in season two that you went through a divorce. What was your parents' reaction when you, when you shared that you, you want to make it final? Um, well, uh, my dad was actually like really supportive and helped me do with, through a lot of it. And my mom was just, um, you know, I know she loves me and everything, but she was really in support of me, like staying with my husband, which I understand. And, you know, obviously that's everyone's intention. But when you kind of see that it's almost detrimental to your health, at some point you have to, you know, let go and let your children make their own decisions and own mistakes. And, you know, I, I've yet to become a mother, so I can't, I can only imagine what it's like to see your kids like in your mind, like making a huge mistake. But I think now, um, 
you know, and also her biggest fear was like, you know, you know, I'd been married, we'd been together for seven years, we had a house, we had this, there's a whole life. It's not just like, oh, like, you don't want to like, date this boy anymore. It was like, no, you have like, this isn't just you can leave, like, there's a lot of things that have to be figured out. And he was British. And then so you've got a whole like, international layer of things. And it's just, um, you know, it's a lot. And I think my mom just wanted to save me from immediate pain but I just kind of wanted to like go through the pain because I knew this wasn't someone who I wanted to spend the rest of my life with and um you know it, it was scary at times being you know knowing I can't really talk to my mom about any of this stuff and you know um but you just you have to kind of follow your heart and your gut on these things and um I also, you know, I had a really good therapist, to be honest. It was more, I always say he was like my life coach, but he helped me like not freak out and to see like, okay, well, you need to do this, this, and this. And once you like accomplish these small goals, you'll be able to get to your bigger goals. And, you know, I was in such, I think most people, by the time you get to an actual divorce, you've been in this like state of you know, I'll say depression for lack of a better word, that once you do finally get to the like end, you just feel such a sense of relief. And, you know, that's when I was like, um, I just needed a break from LA. <laughs> that's when I moved to ah. Aspen. And it was just the best thing for me. You know, I um, had always grown up going to the mountains and I love being in the mountains. And I just needed a little break from the pace of LA and you know I I was with a big party crowd and I needed to kind of get away from all my party friends as well because now I'm like all of a sudden you know I was only I was 24 when we met and 32 or so when we got the divorce was final so you know I was still pretty young at, in all of this and so you know all of a sudden I'm single for basically the first time in my life I've won you know I've had a boyfriend since I was like 15 so I just you know went a little crazy in Hollywood for a minute and was like I need to actually get out of here this is this is really bad and ended up in Aspen and then um you know like I said came home in the spring and then started doing the show that summer <laughs> What was the breaking point that led you to the decision to get a divorce? Like, how did you know, okay, this is, I've had enough of this crap. <laughs> um, honestly, it was my sister having a baby. Oh. And it made me realize, like, I want to have it. Like, my sister has, like, my brother-in-law is just the greatest. <laughs> He's, like, the just, you know. Uh, just such a great guy and my sister you know seeing like what a real family should be like and I was like I'm never gonna have that if I stay with this person and it was honestly it was my sister having a baby and being like this is the kind of life I want and this is the family I want to continue and not live the way that I've been living <laughs> and I'm assuming your current relationship now is more satisfying and fulfilling I mean it, Yes, I don't want to like say anything bad about my ex because he's not a bad person. He just wasn't, we just weren't right for each other. But yeah, I mean, I, um, I think the best way to describe it is I'm finally in a relationship that makes me feel calm. All of my other relationships have been like so dramatic and so much energy. And so, you know, I'm actually like struggling with what to do with all this like normal time. Like I have so much like, like, 
I not free time, but like time where I'm not wasting on like emotions that don't matter time that I'm not, you know, so I feel like I have all this newfound time and I'm like, what do I do with all this time? And it's, it's really nice to just be in like a kind, satisfying relationship. How did you meet your current partner? Friends of friends. Um, and, and yeah, we were friends for a long time. And then, you know, I was kind of living back and forth between California and Charleston and never really around. And honestly, it's really been since the lockdown. When you get locked down with somebody, you know very quickly if you're going to, you know, stay together or head for the hills. And, um, you know, through the lockdown, we've kind of found like a rhythm and a pattern that works for us. And, you know, we're we're super happy. And how did you approach the conversation of being serious um honestly we've never even really had that conversation I think if you're in a relationship where you really there's like mutual love you don't really like do you need to have that relation that conversation like I'm 40 and we live together (laughs) like is there what more is there (laughs) you know I mean yes like one day I'd like to get remarried but like having been married and been through so much that's just not like I would never have a big wedding again. I had, you know, I had a huge wedding in Charleston and I just don't want to, that thought of doing that again makes me like cringe. <laughs> and so if we do get married, I would just elope and, you know, do just us. <laughs> Why did Cameron leave the show too? Um, Cause she wanted to focus on her family. You know, she has a little girl and that's what she wants to make her priority right now. And why was there so much tension between you and Catherine at first? Um, actually, but at first there wasn't much tension between us. Um, you know, I always tried to be nice to her. And she just, you know, has a lot of her own issues. And I guess for better or worse, took a lot of that energy out on me, which I think was like misdirected. Um, and, you know, I wish her well. but. Again, you have to like protect your energy. And she was definitely one of the reasons why I, you know, wanted to get off the show and get away from it all. Who is the most thirsty and wants the most camera time? Oh, man, that's a good one. You know, it de- I think it depends on how many drinks everyone has had. Because sometimes oh, it's like... You know, Chef wants to be the center of attention. Sometimes it's Craig. I think it's who's like ever in the mood. And I think that's what's kind of so great about there being so many of us. Because you're not like always on. (laughs) And so I don't see anyone like really uh, thirsting for camera time. Because I think everyone's actually like pretty hilarious. And um, I mean, if anything, it would definitely you know, have to be some of, of the girls. <laughs> it's very refreshing to see a reality show about a bunch of guys creating drama. You don't see that <laughs> it's, it's, that. I don't know if refreshing is the right word, but it is. I mean, guys are just as, <laughs> as like, I hate to say the word petty, but they're just as, you know, they're a lot similar. They're more similar to girls than everyone makes out, you know, like all those guys are really sweethearts and they wear their hearts on their sleeves and they're all very kind of like emotional. I thought it was really sweet watching everyone like stand up for Austin with everything with him and Madison. And, you know, I don't, I actually never hung out with them while they were together. I've hung out with them both separately, but never 
all of us together. So I don't know what it was like when they were dating, but you know, everyone says it was pretty awful. And I just thought it was sweet how his friends all kind of like came yeah. to his aid, you know? <laughs> how proud of you of Craig with all his accomplishments. I am so proud and I mean that me you know, too very sincerely. <laughs> Um, no, but again, that's just sort of a testament to like following your heart and your gut instinct. Like he's been sewing for like five years now and now hello empire. And yes. it's awesome. And I would I love to do something with him and maybe design one of his pillows. <laughs> yes, maybe an event. Yeah, maybe that'd be an cute. Event. <laughs> an event in Los Angeles now that we are open up promote <laughs> his pillow company. Yeah, that would be fun to do a pillow pop-up yeah. for him. I would definitely yeah. do that. Yeah, I think it would be so fun. <laughs> That'd be great. What do you spend most of your money on? Uh, plane tickets. Traveling mm -hmm. is my absolute favorite thing, and there's no question I spend all of my money on plane tickets. <laughs> and what is your pet peeve? Uh, people that waste my time or like dishonesty or, you know, not being forthright and, um, also troll accounts, someone who has like no followers, no posts, you know, is following a thousand people and it's just like, you should die. And it makes me sad just for humanity that that's what people are like spending their days doing, but. That is probably my biggest pet peeve. I try. <laughs> that just takes like time and energy out of your day. And you're like, ugh. Like I don't have people running my social media or whatever. Like it's all just me. And so you're, it's just, um, that's a, annoying and frustrating. I wish they had like a filter for the haters. I wish Instagram would come up with some sort of thing. that's like, this is a fake account. Like don't even let them post. Like, you know. <laughs> what was the troll the trolls? What was the meanest thing that somebody said to you online that you took it personally and made you feel super shitty? Uh, there's been so many things. Um, you know, a lot of it really probably is the stuff about uh, you're not a mother and how dare you, you know, shame Catherine. She's a single mom and all of this. And I, you know, understand and appreciate that sentiment, but that just because I'm not, a mom doesn't mean that I'm not a decent human being. And so that stuff really kind of bothers me. And it's just such a low blow. Like they don't know, maybe I have trouble getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. or, you know, they just don't mm -hmm. know what the situation is. And also it's like, would these people ever say this stuff to your face? Like, I don't know. I mean, I would hope not, but to say stuff like that um, is really just like the most upsetting and the meanest. And there's really nothing that you can say back because it's like, this whole thing, you know, uh, single moms are like untouchable, even if they aren't doing the right things. Like you always want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, but it's, you know, I know a lot of my friends are single moms. I have family members that are single moms, like, and they are doing a great job, you know, and support them and as much as I can in any way. And to just be like told, like, I'm a bad person because I don't agree with the way someone else operates that's just 
you know, I think that's actually one of the biggest problems with our whole society. I mean, you look at everything that's been divided with this election and even with COVID and masks and no masks. And, you know, I've been going back and forth between Los Angeles, which has been so locked up and yeah. then Charleston, which it's like herd immunity. Everyone's like, we really are in this together and yeah. let's move on. And to be where there's so much, you know, they say, or whoever's like, I'm the open-minded one. You need to be more like me or you're bad. Like I just, I disagree with all of that. And, yep. you know, what makes us a free country is being able to all have different opinions and still be after the same good. And I think people have lost sight of what that good is. Yeah. There's a difference between pushing your agenda and tolerance. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really, that's really well-spoken and a great sentiment. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. They are just, they don't care about us. They just want to divide us. That's yeah. all. Well, you know, the old saying, divide and conquer. <laughs> yeah, it's very sad. And a lot of people, but I, I do feel that a lot of people are waking up to this. They are, mm -hmm. they are realizing that the media is biased. And yeah. with all the censorship that is going on right now, people are beginning yeah. to see that, hey, this is not fair at all. No, exactly. Um, but it's just sad that things have to get to, like, literally all of our cities burnt last summer and before yeah! it wakes up. Like, it's crazy, the self-destruction. to me. But if that's what it takes, I mean, we had the National Guard here for, like, a month because L.A. was so bad. I My office is kind of right off Rodeo, and I wasn't allowed to go to my office for, like, two months because there was – just constant looting. At you know, one point we had armed guards on every corner that, you know, it wasn't even police. We, the city of Beverly Hills was getting private security to help, you know, lock down the area because it was so bad. I mean, it's just, it's really, really sad to see when it gets to that point. And what about at Charleston? Is it as bad there too with the looting? I think it was, but for like a day, it didn't go on and on and on. I was not tolerated. We tolerate it here in California. Well, and I think there's something to be said about, you know, being in a small town. You are more accountable for your actions than ah. if you're, like, anonymous because it's like, oh, like, yeah. I saw Landon set that building on fire, you know, yeah. whereas if I'm here, it's like an anonymous person, you know, it's like you don't have, like, the pride of place. And when you don't, you know... I think that's another thing that's so beautiful about Charleston is like there's generations of family there and it means so much to them, Charleston. Not to say that there aren't generations of family here in Los Angeles, but you get a lot of transient people. I mean, I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but like in a small town, everyone has each other's best interests at heart. So you see like um, the town come together more to help lift everyone up instead of continue to like destroy something and be like, well, I'm greedy and I'm going to take as much as I can take. Like Charleston, everyone's like, I'm going to give as much as I can give. And it's just a completely different mentality. I was very worried that the fires will destroy all the historical buildings. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, Charleston's yeah. actually had, you know, uh, some big fires in its history and, um, that's always a, a huge concern. Same with hurricanes and all kinds of stuff. Charleston's Ooh. just like constantly on guard. <laughs> Do you have any experience with hurricanes? Oh, tons. Oh, um, yes, you know, yes. growing up there, it's yeah. just every season. So, um, and, you know, one year filming stopped for almost a month because the hurricane was so bad. Um, you know, I've had cars flooded, houses flooded, you know, all kinds of stuff. But it is kind of fun 
when you're all there together, because the hurricane only lasts, you know, probably six to 12 hours. And then, you know, the city's all shut down and it's kind of fun. And it's like a real bonding experience, like doing sandbags together and helping board, board up each other's houses. And then like whoever did get damaged, like everyone goes and helps them. And it's just, um, I actually love hurricanes. <laughs> it's, um, it's just really, it's always so touching. It's really like, you see, like it brings out the best in people. Have you experienced an earthquake yet in California? Not a really big one, but we had one even just a couple weeks ago and it woke me up out of the middle of the night. And it's always like a little bit nervous, but I'm way more afraid of the fires. Um, you know, we didn't have yeah. fires and there's nowhere to go that, you know, it's just total destruction. Um, I was living in Malibu and they had the really uh, bad fires a few years ago. Um, and so I couldn't go home for a couple of weeks. And so just, again, though, to see how the community came together and really helped each other was, like, so beautiful. And Malibu is just, like, endeared to my heart forever going through that whole experience. Like, it's really, it's, you know, I've been in L.A. for almost 15 years, and I was only in Malibu for three. But Malibu feels a lot more like Charleston because it's just, like, a small community, and everyone loves it so much. And, you know, seeing everyone come together during the fires was really just so beautiful. Yeah, do you remember two years ago where the skies were orange because of the fire? Oh, yeah. I have oh, tons so of pictures. Funny. I mean, it was crazy. And then, like, you can't even breathe the air. It's yeah. so bad. I woke up at 8.30 in the morning, and I believe, I thought it was at night. So what, what time is it? Yeah. And I thought it was 8.30 a.m. I thought it was doomsday. I hated it. And thank God it was only for one day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a few more questions. Yeah, to I'm just checking the time. I do have to go in a little bit to get to my office. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Looking back, what would you do differently? I'm keeping track of the time too. Don't worry. Okay, cool. Um, what would I do differently? I don't. I mean, I don't really have any regrets. I mean, moving forward, I would kind of like to do another TV show, but based more on my interior design and real estate and more of my work and less of my private life. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, I guess my only regret from Southern Charm is that it didn't show enough of like my actual interest. It was so focused on like, who am I going to marry or who am I going to date or this or that. And that kind oh, yeah. of um, bothered me. And so I would, that's my only regret is that I would have liked to have been shown more in a, a career path than just sort of, you know, whatever that was. <laughs> how soon, how advanced do you get to watch the episode before it is shown on TV? Um, just a few days. Oh, that's um, it? Yeah, so they give it, it'll air on like a Monday or whatever day of the week it is, and we just get it the day before. So, but you know, you kind of know what's going to be in the episode because you lived it. So it's yeah. funny. It's just fun to see how they like edited it and put it all together. Um, but I always liked that because it's just like a heads up of what's going to come. <laughs> and it helps, too, to help, like, promote the show through social media and stuff like that. Because, you know, like, oh, this weekend is when we – or this episode is when we went on the boat adventure. And, you know, I love photography and taking pictures. So all the time when we're filming, I'm taking a bunch of photos. And then don't normally, like – put those photos up until that episode comes on. So I'm like, see the episode, then like dig back into my photos and then like kind of tell the story 
through social media about what's going to be on the episode. And that I actually really enjoyed. I love telling a story. <laughs> was there a scene that you didn't want to be filmed? Um, yeah, and I would say I don't want to do this. <laughs> we wouldn't ah. do it. <laughs> What is your relationship with spirituality? How would you define it? Well, I grew up uh, in the Presbyterian Church. So I went to Peachtree Presbyterian in Atlanta, um, you know, all through growing up um, through, you know, I went to preschool there, but then would continue like be in the choir and stuff like that. So, you know, my first and foremost relationship was with God and Jesus. And it was very, you know, sweet and Southern. And then, um, you know, as I grew up, I started having friends that were from all different religions and things. And I think that's kind of how you start to shape what you want your spirituality to be. You know, I had friends yeah. that were you know, Jewish or Hindu or Buddhist, and I would just, you know, start to learn little things from my friends that were different religions, you know, you know, at a very young age. And that kind of sparked a curiosity um, you know, and then eventually in college had religious studies classes It had a Native American class, um, you know, also the studying art history, a lot of it is embedded in different oh, religions. Um, and so I've always been a very spiritual person and I love studying history and uh, religion and, you know, how that kind of affects people, even through you know, through everything, through art, through architecture, through design, through how, you know, communities and uh, people live. Um, and so I, you know, I consider myself a very spiritual person. <laughs> Two more questions. Yeah. What is a meaningful life to you? Oh, a meaningful life to me. Uh, just feeling content, feeling yeah. an inner peace and uh, relaxed and also feeling like I'm, uh, contributing to society in some way, you know, to feel that what I am doing is in some way, shape, or form going to matter for another generation. You know, I do that through, you know, architecture and through real estate. A lot of these buildings will be here way after I'm gone. <laughs> and so I'm constantly thinking about that and of that. And, but honestly, like, I would love to end up with like a ranch in Malibu, some horses, have family and friends come and visit all the time and, you know, just live a very peaceful life. <laughs> and lastly, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, well, I hope I have children of my own and I hope that I'm traveling more and still spending time with, you know, my friends and loved ones. I mean, honestly, I hope it's just more of the same. Do you think you're going to be in L.A. or back in Charleston? Um, I'll always go back and forth. <laughs> it's too hard to pick just one. You think you're going to spend Christmas there this year? Um, no, I think I might go to Charleston because I didn't get to come home last year for Christmas because of COVID and everything. And I love Christmas in Charleston. It is so much fun. Oh, wait. Are you in Charleston right now? No, right now I'm in L.A. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much. This has been really fun. Me too. <laughs> thank you very much once again. I will yeah. send you a link once this is out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Goodbye. Good Lots of love. Bye.